Did you know that some of the greatest discoveries that have been made in history uh, have been discovered completely by accident? They weren't planning on making these discoveries or having these inventions, but it came about completely by accident. Things like plastic, penicillin, all came from experiments that the inventor was trying to do something completely different, and they discovered those two things. But it goes on, the microwave, chewing gum, Vaseline, all those things are, uh, were invented completely by accident. I know that some of those aren't the most important inventions in the world, but uh, also some super important things were invented by accident, like Silly Putty was invented. Sweet and Low was invented on accident. Uh, but it goes on, Velcro, radioactivity, uh, x-rays, Teflon, insulin, all of these things were accidental discoveries. And even though all of these things were discovered by accident, every single one of those has changed your life. You know, think, well, maybe, Pastor, I don't know about silly putty has changed my life, but I could probably form a pretty good argument on how it has changed your life. So some of the discoveries, though, I have made on my journey with Jesus weren't things that I was going out searching for at the time. But after I learned them, I couldn't forget them, and they've completely uh, changed my life. There's some basic truths that have made all the difference to my faith today. Uh, Some of these came from listening to famous pastors and speakers. Uh, If you remember, uh, I've said that pastors need preached to as well. And so I listen to people like Andy Stanley or Craig Rochelle or Stephen Furtick. And I've learned some things from them. But I've also learned a lot from the pastors that uh, I have uh, been with or served with. Steve Lester, Gary Davey, Lloyd Brock. And I hope that you learn some life-changing truths along your way with us too, and even this morning. Not necessarily from me, I just get to talk to you uh, about Jesus, but I hope that you hear from him today. In fact, uh, while we're at it, would you go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 5? We're going to spend uh, time with Luke uh, today. I know it's in your sermon notes, but go ahead and grab a Bible there. They're right there in front of you in your pew. Uh, So go ahead and grab that. There's just something about reading God's word from God's word. So go ahead and turn to Luke. Luke is the third book uh, in the New Testament. The New Testament is the second part of the Bible that tells the story of Jesus and the church. I'm going to go briefly over these three truths that have made a difference in my faith. And all of these were discoveries that have changed my life and they've changed my ministry and how I talk to people about Jesus. Things like being a sinner does not disqualify you from following Jesus. In fact, it's an absolute prerequisite to follow Jesus. It seems obvious to us, but every single person that Jesus ever asked to follow him was a sinner. Every single person was. In fact, the more religious you were, the least likely you would be or the less likely you would be that Jesus asked you to follow him. Another truth is being an unbeliever doesn't disqualify you from following Jesus. None of Jesus' earliest, uh, the disciples didn't even believe at first. 
Nobody in that first century initially believed that Jesus was divine. No one believed that he was the son of God. Even Jesus' closest friends took about two years before we hear any of them say and acknowledge that Jesus is the son of God. That means that you can start your journey. You can follow Jesus even if you're not quite sure about him yet. Even if you don't have all of your questions. questions answered. That's okay. You can still follow him. You're still invited to do that. And you can explore who Jesus is without understanding all of this church stuff. It's okay. You can come to church. You can spend time by reading uh, your Bible and you are welcome here no matter where you are on your journey with Christ. Even if you have no clue who he is and what this church stuff is all about, we are so glad that you're here. And even if you have questions, even if you don't have it all figured out, I believe that Jesus really respects and welcomes your research. Go ahead and explore. And along the the journey, you're going to discover some things about Jesus that are going to change your life forever. Another one of the truths that that has changed my life is that religion says change and you can join us. That's what religion says. And so maybe you're thinking, maybe you're here today or you're watching online and you're saying, well, pastor, I'm not really a churchy person. I don't really get all this. I don't understand this church stuff. I certainly don't like to hang out with churchy people. (laughs) And I'm not perfect, pastor. I'm not perfect. So maybe I shouldn't hang out at church. That's what religion wants to tell you. Jesus says, follow me and you will change. That's the difference there. Jesus says, come along with me and I will change everything. In fact, it was the religious people that took the most offense to Jesus. Jesus tells us to get close to me, to follow me, take, take a few notes and discover who I am. And over time, over time, you're going to be able to look back and you will not recognize the person that you once were. That's what Jesus tells us. If you ask anyone that has followed Jesus for a long time, all of them would tell you that There was probably some change that happened right away, but most of their change in their life happened over time. There was one point, I have to be careful here because my mother's in in the congregation, but there was a time that I could cuss you under the table. I could. Now, if you've ever worked in healthcare, if you've ever worked in the hospital, you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Those people can cuss you out without even trying to do it. It's just, it's part of the culture. And when I accepted Jesus, I didn't stop cussing all at once. It was a gradual change. I'm thankful that it stopped before I became a pastor. So (laughs) I once told a friend of mine that I was now a Christian. And he said, Brian, I know. Like, what, what, what are you talking about? How do you know that I'm a Christian? I've never talked to you about it. And he said, Brian, I see the change. So once I started hanging out with Christians, I realized that there's some fun people. 
I realized that they're not a whole bunch of hypocrites like I had thought that they were, and they're not all judgmental and stuck-up people. In fact, I realized and I came to find out that Christians aren't perfect either. And the people from the church had flaws just like I did. But I found them to be fun and funny and kind people. And there was something about these church people that was attractive to me. And I wanted to hang out with them more. And I wanted to learn about Jesus with them. And so I ask you the question, am, are you following Jesus? Are you following Jesus? Not have I arrived, not how far I've gotten in my faith, not how much of the Bible I have read, not how many verses I've memorized, It's not about comparing ourselves to someone else. Well, if I compare myself to so-and-so, I'm not as close to Jesus as they are. Forget all about that. It's never been about that. Ask, am I currently following him? Myself, at this point on my journey, am I going to start to follow Jesus, maybe for the first time today? Or perhaps you've asked Jesus to be your Lord a long time ago, but you found yourself starting to veer off course. And today we're going to look at a story in the Bible where Jesus asked a man named Peter. We're going to see in Scripture where his name at that time was Simon. And he asked Simon to follow him. This story is found in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All four of them write about Peter's story in their book about Jesus. And each author gives us a little bit different details of what happened that day. And if you went to Sunday school, if you grew up in Sunday school, um, your teacher, I'm dating myself here, your teacher probably moved little felt pieces on a flannel board. Church people, you know what I'm talking about. And she, most likely she, told the story, this story, and she told the story from the book of Matthew, most likely. If you know this story, Matthew's version is most likely the one that you know. We need to keep in mind, Matthew had a particular audience in mind when he was writing his gospel. And Matthew was writing to Jewish people. He was writing to people that already had a big faith. And so they had been waiting for a Messiah to show up. And so Matthew really doesn't give a lot of details. It's not the point of his gospel is to give us all the details. He wants to tell Jewish people that Jesus is the Messiah. That's it. And so that's the purpose of his gospel. So let's listen to Matthew's account. And this is probably the version of the story that you know and uh, the version that you were taught. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. This is in your handout. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, at once, they left their nets and followed him. Who does that? Who does that? So here this guy just walks up and says, follow me, and these two guys just leave. But this is Matthew. Matthew doesn't give us a whole lot of detail here. Evidently, the details 
weren't as important to Matthew. But it gets worse. Verse 21. (coughs) Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother, John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. And Jesus called them. And immediately, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. This doesn't sound like a spiritual thing to do at all. This actually, to me, sounds pretty irresponsible. Like, uh, Dad, you see that long-haired guy with the sandals? I think I'm going to go with him from now on. Tell Mom thanks. I'm out of here. Right? Who does that? But didn't you grow up with this mentality? Didn't you? Isn't this part of the version of this story that maybe you have heard? If you want to start following Jesus, we heard that you have to give him 100% or else you're not in it at all. Have you heard this preached before? That if Jesus is not Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all? Boy, I sure have. <laughs> it's easy to say for maybe those that already have this relationship with Jesus, but that kind of, of talk has it's become part of our vocabulary as, as Christians. And, and saying that, if Jesus is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all, that looks really good on Facebook. That looks really good on a meme or, or maybe a plaque or a bookmark or something. That I, but if someone is on the outside looking in, if they're just starting their, their journey with Jesus, what are they saying? I'm out. I'm out. If that's what is needed for me to be in, then, then I'm out. I guess I'm not going to be a follower of Jesus because I can't do that. I, I would never leave everything behind and just follow some stranger that I met that day. I don't have that kind of faith. But Christians, this is what, this is what we do. Or at least it's often what we expect from somebody that is figuring out who Jesus is. Leave everything behind and start following Jesus. And eventually, as we grow in our relationship with Jesus, that's going to happen. But it doesn't have to start at day one. See, we love Jesus enough now. If we've been following him long enough, we love him enough now to allow him to be Lord over all aspects of our life. But the gospel writer Luke takes a different approach to this story. And he explains things a little bit differently. And he wasn't writing to to people with this big faith already. already. He was writing to people just like you and me. He was writing to the Gentiles, the people outside of the Jewish faith. So Luke gives some detail that Matthew does not. And he explains why Peter followed Jesus that day. And he's, he was talking to people that didn't know the Old Testament, that didn't know the, the promises. And Luke starts to tell this story very differently. So let's go through Luke's version of this story. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. <coughs> One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. 
So people had started gathering around Jesus because he was teaching them. And they were listening to him because they were curious to hear what this guy had to say. And if you are here this morning and, and you don't know everything there is to know about Jesus, which is all of you, I'm glad that you have enough curiosity to show up today. I'm sure that there are those that started following Jesus out of, out of blind faith, but I've discovered that most people come to faith in Christ by listening, by being taught, by asking questions of somebody else and searching for meaning and, and truth. So faith often begins by questioning. It's okay to question. So Jesus is teaching and he's getting crowded by all of these people and they're, they're getting closer and closer and close, closer to him. In verse two, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. So here are these two fishermen. They had fished all night long. They had pulled up their nets. They're starting to clean them off and, and get things ready. They're rolling up their nets to, to be stored away for the next night of fishing. Verse 3. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. Remember, this is the guy that's later going to be called Peter. And asked him to put a little out from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. I don't want you to get, lose the importance of this verse here. Jesus got into Peter's boat. Basically, he borrowed the boat. It doesn't even say that he asked permission. He just got in Peter's boat, right? All right? And I, I imagine Peter is kind of, what? Dude. We have been fishing all night long. We are tired. What are you doing in our boat? Verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Here's what, Peter did, or what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say, hey, Peter, it's time for you to make a decision. Are you going to choose the boat or are you going to choose me? He didn't say that. Jesus did say, let's go deeper, Simon. Get this boat away from the shore, and then I want you to start fishing. Um, hold on, Jesus. Do you see what we're doing? We are done fishing. We're done today. Do you see that we're rolling up our nets? They're clean. We're putting them away. We're folding them up and storing them so that we can fish tomorrow we're done fishing Jesus it would be like I'd call my friend Brock Brock Lindenfelser owns a boat and and I'd say hey Brock let's go boating this weekend and he would say Brian I've already pulled the boat out of the water I've already winterized the boat I can't go boating and I'd say I don't care I just want to go boating get the boat out Brock or maybe I might say uh, to Jared, hey, Jared, let's go play basketball. It could happen. <laughs> and he might say, well, Pastor Brian, I have already been playing all day long. And I've come home and I'm showered and I'm relaxing. And I would say, are you chicken, Jared? Come on. <laughs> right? Let's go. See, I think Peter was thinking, we've just finished doing what you do after you do what we just ask us to do. 
<laughs> We're done, man. We are three steps beyond fishing. The nets are clean. So verse 5, Simon Peter answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. Get here that he calls him master. He's respectful to, to Jesus, but he's not calling him Lord yet. He says, we've been fishing, we've been out fishing at night. Because I, I don't know if you understand this, Jesus, but that's when you are supposed to fish. See, they finished fishing. They pulled up their nets. They've caught nothing. It was a bad night. And they are tired and they are discouraged and they are probably ready for a nap. But here's what Jesus is really saying. He's saying, hey, Peter, listen. I want you to do something that you've done a thousand times. But now I want you to do it differently. I want you to do it my way. I'm not asking you to leave your family's business. I'm just asking you to do something my way. And you know what Peter is thinking? If I put these nits into the water, all of those people are going to think I'm nuts. They know you're not supposed to fish. What am I doing? The rest of verse 5. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. And then here's the most important thing that Peter ever said in his entire life. But because you say so. I will let down the nets. Because you say so, not because I think this is a good idea, because it's not. And not because I want to help my reputation, because this won't do it. Not because I think this is going to work. It's not like we're going to catch anything, but because I respect you. Because I have already loaned you my boat because I've already listened to you, because I trust you enough, because you say so, I will let down my nets. And so Peter just, uh, just went uh, finishing what he was supposed to do after you fish. And Jesus asked him, do what you've always done, but this time do it my way. Just do it my way for once. And the only reason that we know Peter today, the only reason is because he trusted this guy enough to do something that he's done a thousand times before differently. For some of you, maybe you've come here um, and you've done Sunday mornings your way for a long time. But Jesus nudged you and here you are. You're in the sanctuary or you're watching us online and Jesus is saying, I want you to start doing Sundays my way. Imagine if Jesus would have shown Peter what would have happened if he would just do what he asked. Hey, Peter, if you follow me, one day they're going to build this. I believe we have a picture. Is it up there? Yeah. That's St. Peter's Basilica. Hey, Peter, if you just do what I say, this is what they're going to build in your honor. In fact, this is going to be where you're buried someday. See, Peter had no idea what hung in the balance. 
All he did was do something the way that Jesus asked him to do it. Verse 6. When they had done so, not when they intended to, not when they planned to, not after they prayed about it, when they had done so, when they obeyed, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. And this is the very beginning of Peter's relationship with Jesus. And so why is this important? See, Peter had just spent hours with Jesus. Jesus didn't preach for a half an hour. He preached all day. And so he had spent this time with Jesus in the boat, shoulder to shoulder, part of the time eyeball to eyeball, and he never recognized who Jesus was. He never recognized him as Lord until he took one simple step of faith and it changed the rest of his life. Verse 9. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the son of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Jesus was telling Peter that that day, he tells, him, tells us today, I have something for you. I got something for you, Peter, but I, I couldn't tell it to you. I, I couldn't share it to you until you took this step of faith. It may be worth thinking, what are you talking about, Jesus? What, what do you have for me to do? What step of faith do you want me to take? Verse 10. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. For now on, you'll fish for people. So they pulled up their boats on shore and they left everything and they followed him and they followed him. So would have you and so would have I. Peter and the other guys were doing exactly what they'd always done. They pulled up the boat, they started to clean their nets and then as they listened to this guy preach from the shore, something happened. If you're here, at least at this point in your, in your journey, if you're watching us online today, I want you to write these things down. First thing, first step is sit and listen. Sit and listen. You're taking it all in. Thank you for being here. Thank you for trying to figure all this out, figure this Jesus thing out. But eventually you need to take the next step, which is loan him your boat. Let Jesus get near to you. Let him start to work his way closer to you. Do more than just attend church on Sunday. Do more than just watch us online. Get in a group. Teens, this Tuesday night, Carol and I have our, our Bible study at our home at 7 p.m. We'd love to see you. Loan Jesus your time. Get in a Bible study. Get in a group of people. Talk to Pastor Callie about your next step. She'd love to talk to you and help you. Lend Jesus your boat. And then take him fishing. 
Peter had spent his whole life fishing. He knew fishing. Peter was a fishing expert. But this day, Jesus asked him to do what he knew to do differently. Maybe you're thinking, Lord, I've driven to work a thousand times. I get up, I make the coffee, I get cleaned up, I get dressed, I make my way into the office. But today, today I'm going to pray. Today I'm just going to pray and talk to you on my way in. Jesus, maybe you're saying our family has been so busy and we spend our weekends, we are so busy and we're piling on everything we can into our routine but the rest of this weekend is going to look different because we're going to serve somebody. We're going to do things your way this weekend. God, I've walked into the sanctuary all of my life or God, maybe this is the third time you've been here or the first, but today's different. Came in here with the same person, my wife, my husband, my mom, my dad, week after week after week. But next week, next week, I'm going to bring so-and-so. Next week, I'm going to ask them. I felt you speaking to me this whole time. I need to invite them to church, and I'm going to do it. I have been to church here so many times, and I've gone through a routine, but next week, I'm not coming alone. Hey, the Thanksgiving service is coming up November 20th. One service, 10.30 a.m., followed by food, people, right? Bring somebody with you. Don't come alone. Don't look at that empty car seat on the trip in here and think to yourself, what if I had been brave enough to say something? Or perhaps you're saying, Jesus, I've walked through these doors over and over and over, but I've never, I've never surrendered to you. I've never given you over my life. I've never asked you to be the Lord of my life, but today. Or Jesus, I've been part of this church. I believe in it. I, I attend it. Um, I've expected uh, Jesus to be here every time that I show up and I feel him in this church and I, I've never joined the church. But November 20th, I could do it your way. Jesus, I've asked you into my life, but I've never been baptized. But November 20th, I could do it your way. If Jesus could show you what would happen if you just took that step of faith to do what you've been doing your whole life, but now to do it his way, it will change your life forever. If there's something in your heart that says, I think Jesus wants me to, then do it. Do it his way and you will never regret it. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much of a simple story of a man named Peter and his brother fishing there with two other brothers, James and John. And we thank you, Lord, that you didn't ask permission to get in Peter's boat. You just did it. Thank you, Lord, for having the wisdom enough not to ask Peter, but just to go, get in the boat. But Lord, I thank you for the example that you gave him, that if he would just do it your way, everything will change. 
everything will change. If we can open up our eyes, if you would open up our eyes to see what would happen if we would just make this next step of faith, there wouldn't be any question in the world. We'd do it. We'd all do it. And so Lord, would you give us that courage that comes with faith to do what you are asking us to do, to invite that friend, to show up with someone else here to church, to give my life over to you, maybe for the first time today, just to say, Lord, I've done it my way long enough. It's time to do it your way. Will you be the Lord of my life? Maybe it's to take that next step and to be baptized. Maybe it's to take another step and to join the church that you love and you've been part of. Lord, whatever the next step is, would you give us the faith to do it? And then, Lord, everything changes. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for being the Lord that you are. We thank you for your love, for your compassion, for your generosity. And we thank you that you forgive us of all of our sins. Thank you, Jesus, for getting in the boat this morning. It's in your name that we pray. And we thank you. Amen. Everybody, I hope that you have an incredible, incredible day. Um, and uh, do it Jesus' way today. <laughs>